0: Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe and welcome to The Postscript Shorts, where we are interviewing students from LFBI uh, with the intention of capturing their testimony that it would be edifying for you to listen to. Uh, It's always wonderful. We think to hear the stories of people uh, that God is working in their lives and and changing them and molding them into exactly what He wants them to be. Those stories are an encouragement. They're intended to be an encouragement uh, to our hearts. Uh, So much of Scripture is just testimony of what God did in someone's life. And when we read those stories, it's always amazing and it builds our own faith. Well, the same thing can be true. Uh, in our testimonies as Christians in the church, and to hear those testimonies uh, should be powerful for us and provoke us to greater faith. And so this week, I have the privilege of interviewing Jessica McCona of Midtown Baptist Temple here in Kansas City, and she is going to share with you uh, a little bit about her life and what God's doing and how God's used LFBI to strengthen her for the work that is ahead of her. I can't, I can't wait for you to hear about this. She's over here dancing in the corner. Uh, are you excited about this? Yeah. Being on the Postscript? Totally. You're good. You seem so much more comfortable than the last two guys I interviewed.
1: <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Are you on camera a
0: lot or something? No. No?
1: But, I mean, when you're in front of people all day, every day. That's true. Jessica's a school teacher. Yeah.
0: So she, she's used to having to entertain people. Yeah. Yeah. How old are the kids that you teach? Seven and eight. Seven and eight. First grade. So monsters. Yes. You teach monsters. Little cute monsters. <laughs> and so how, you've, how long have you been teaching?
1: Um, this is my 11th year.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. You're a vet. I'm a vet. You've A teen. T-
1: I don't know if I'm a vet yet. I don't know. 10 I...
0: years of teaching in, in our contemporary world makes you a vet. Okay. So many teachers don't make it that long. Yeah, that is true. How many teachers have you known that have bailed? on the profession, like quite, me. Quite a number.
1: <laughs> well, you made it to 10, though.
0: I did. I made it to 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah 10 you years. Can, you you're can retire me. after 10. That makes it okay. Yeah, yeah. Before that, you're a sellout. Yeah.
1: You didn't really <laughs> like the kids.
0: No, that's right. Um, okay, I, I'm excited about your story. So mm. um, let's start maybe with, uh, tell us about FOI, because yeah. it has probably been the most pivotal part of, of your ministry life. Yeah. Is making investments in international students. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so I um, when I came back to Kansas City in 2016, I didn't know what to do. So I followed my disciples. because you came were in. back to
0: Kansas City, briefly, tell us where you were coming from.
1: Um, I used to live overseas in Shanghai.
0: And you were teaching there?
1: And I was teaching there, yeah. 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 And
0: so then you came back to Kansas yeah. City?
1: Yeah. So when I um, started coming to Midtown full-time, um, yeah. I didn't know exactly where to go. Um, and so I just followed my disciples and did what they did. Yeah, and they were in and FOI. Who, who is that? Uh, Jeanette and Linda Bishage.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they were in FOI doing yeah. international stuff. Yes. And so you just jumped in with with them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we want to get, come back to all of this. Let's go. Let's go back in time. Tell us about your childhood. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your family, because your story is unique and mm-hmm. that. and mm-hmm. that your family came to the states. Tell us that story.
1: Yeah. Um, so my. Parents are Kenyan. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad, he came here um, when he was 17 ish to attend university in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was his first taste of American life. And um, my dad and my mom met back in Kenya. My mom was um, studying in um, England, and they met in Kenya, and then they eloped. And got married mm. in Las Vegas.
0: Whoa, that's very American. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, were you born in the States? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they yeah. eloped, went to Las Vegas, mm-hmm. made you, mm-hmm. and then um, do you have any other siblings?
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, I have four older, four older sisters um, from my dad's side, um, one passed away, and then mm. two younger brothers after me. Okay.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they raised you here in the States. Yeah, Where Kansas did you grow up? In, I grew up in Kansas City. Which part? Kansas. Oh, okay. Let me clarify which, Kansas. Which part of Kansas City, Kansas? Wyandotte County. Ah, the yeah. dot.
1: Yeah. So I'm a dotty.
0: The dot. Now, uh, we recently interviewed uh, Larry Nguyen, who mm-hmm. grew up in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. It's a very eclectic part of our city in yes. terms of, of cultures. And Wyandotte is a little bit that way. It's yeah. lots of Hispanics, lots of Hispanics. Mm-hmm. And other migrant people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eastern so European. Eastern yeah, European Polish, is big there. Yeah. Is originally, I believe, French settlers, if I remember correctly. I,
1: I wouldn't be one, able, probably.
0: Yeah. But it's always been historically, lots of uh, diversity there. Yeah. Um. So what was that like? Italians. Yeah.
1: yeah. Huge Italian population. I grew up in a Catholic church. Okay. And so I went to Catholic school.
0: Your parents were Catholic?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah, my dad was and then my mom married into it. Okay. Um but yeah, so I went to Catholic school my whole life, so I saw the
0: same people. Mm-hmm. Small little private. Small school yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us when you accepted Christ. How did you come to meet Christ? What was that yeah. like?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I um was introduced to the God of the Bible in college. Um, okay. So Washington and Lee University in Lexington, okay. Virginia, a small liberal arts university in a very small, like rural town, mm. and so just that dynamic was
0: yeah foreign. To yeah, coming from a fairly urban setting. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, so I got put into the international floor somehow um, in the dorm. They, the put, they put you there. They put me there. I don't remember telling them I <laughs> was from
0: Kenya, but they they they, were, they saw your last name. They probably yeah, yeah. yeah They knew what was up. Yeah, but nonetheless. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I mean American. that's what makes it cool. Yeah, I'm American. There was maybe two other girls on my floor. I can't remember between like the whole floor that mm-hmm. were from
0: America, but
1: most of them were from overseas. This was
0: God just preparing you. Though.
1: It was. It was. It was. So yeah. Um. So yeah, my roommate. Um. Her name is Makosazana Dube. Well, she's wow. married now. Wow. We called her Cozy. And that's we, easier to say. Yes. I like that. That's, a, that's good. Name. Yeah. Yeah. But she, yeah, so she was my roommate um, and became fast friends. Um, and then, yeah, she's just very, her name is Cozy, but she has a very blunt personality. Mm. Um, very straightforward, very direct, very loving though. And one day she looked at me and was like, why do you carry that book? And she was referring to my Catholic Bible. That was on the shelf collecting dust. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I've never seen you open it. You should just throw it away if you're never going to open it. And I was like, who do you think you are? Right. Um, But I love her. And so, you know, you you throw a fence away. Yeah. So she would just invite me to open the Bible with her. And I would say, no, I'm okay. I really wasn't. But that's what I told her. And um, yeah, one day um, when life was hitting rock bottom, I needed something to be real, mm-hmm. and so I said yes. And we would sit in our room one day a week and open the Bible, mm-hmm. and that's how I learned about God. Um, and she
0: was a believer. She
1: was a believer. Yes.
0: She, but she was she was tricky, wasn't she? That sounds that sounds like she knew what she was doing. She was baiting a hook.
1: Yeah. Yeah To get you to
0: study the Bible with her. She
1: definitely knew the religion that I practiced wasn't it. Right. Um, I don't actually remember her sharing the gospel with me, mm-hmm. but she knew I needed God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So um, freshman year, going into sophomore year, we would do Bible study once a week. She would invite me to come to church, and I would say, no, we're good um cuz i went to mass when we would do bible study i like i was saying i got to see god for the first time and like oh like he says this and wait what this happened and I'm like oh this is how he feels about me um was just a lot of things that i was working through and struggling with it really spoke to like what i was reading really spoke to that and mm-hmm. so um it was very clear Um, by the time I was finishing my freshman year, that I was living a double life. Mm. And I'm a Catholic, and I'm proud to be a Catholic, and I call myself Christian, but my life isn't matching what I'm reading Mm. a follower of Christ should look like, or what God says my life could be like. And so, yeah, so there was just like this season where I was just walking like my life is crap, but this Bible is awesome. Mm. And um, my sophomore year um, at Easter, I wasn't really paying attention to the pastor and John 3.16 came to mind. And in that conversation in my mind, I realized that that wasn't a blanket statement. Like um, I grew up hearing that, you know, God created us all and we're all God's children. Mm. And there really isn't any, activeness on the part of an individual to be labeled God's children Mm. and so hearing you know for God to love the world this is not this like umbrella statement you liked
0: that part yeah like it
1: wasn't it wasn't an umbrella statement like he did yeah he did something for me and I needed like I did that to him and I needed to receive what he was giving whosoever believeth yeah
0: specific type of person
1: it's a specific, yes yeah. you don't
0: get to just stumble into god's love and do nothing about it yeah
1: yeah or attach other things to it mm-hmm. to prove yourself
0: right for it right yeah. yeah so when you discovered that yeah that was on an easter sunday that was
1: easter sunday What'd i was looking at it? a stained glass window it was all in my mind like i was like oh like that i need to receive it and i'm like okay I, like i want it i want that yeah and that was it you like didn't I ha- didn't, you didn't
0: get up there was no,
1: there wasn't. I don't remember what happened that day, right. I just remember that conversation you remember
0: leaving change, you know c s. Lewis tells this story about his salvation. I think it's pretty unique. It reminds me of situations like this where it's like he doesn't know exactly what happened he He got in a, a, on a motorcycle with with his brother, I believe, and they mm-hmm. they when they left one location, he was still not sure what he thought, yeah. But, after a you know a long drive on that motorcycle ride, by the time he got to the destination, he got he got off that motorcycle and was like, "I don't know what happened, but I believe now, yeah, like something transformed, yeah. something changed in him, yeah,
1: like I had said before, I had already started um following um my roommates to the church that they attended, mm-hmm. was already starting in ministry. I wasn't saved. I was already like doing ministry. And so after I got saved, it was like, well, I guess I'll keep doing it, too.
0: <laughs> you just kept going. Like, well, at least now- we We're the Holy, reading the Bible, I the guess. The Holy I'll Spirit's keep, yeah. involved now. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. the good news. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so how long were you out there, and how did you stumble upon this church when you got-
1: My family um, knew the twins family from when they first uh
0: The twins came. being- we referenced them earlier. Yes, Jeanette and Linda. Bishage. The Bishages, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we knew their family when they first came to the US. Mm-hmm. Um, a family member um, was here in Kansas City, and my mom was introduced to them. And um, that's how we met. And so we became friends. We did holidays together. I was 11 when they came. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've seen me grow up. Yeah. And, um, by the time I was graduating university in 2016, both of them were at Midtown. Okay. And so I grew up spending the night at their house. I would come back in the summers mm. and spend time with them. Um, and they would end up talking about the Bible. And yeah, I there's no just way around be, it.
0: <gasps> yeah.
1: What? Like, yeah, we would just do impromptu Bible study. But mainly they were telling me what they were learning. And yeah.
0: And Those girls yeah. are so zealous yeah. for the Lord.
1: It was a lot of fun. They'd be falling asleep on the couch, and I'd be like, you're not done. Wake like, oh, up. <laughs> I want to know what happens next. Yeah, yeah. It was, there That's was a so lot of that. Fun. There was a lot of that. So I graduated in 10 and then uh, moved to Shanghai, and I would come back in the summer. So mm. 2011. So I got baptized here and went back to Shanghai. I wanted to do discipleship. I asked the girls if they would disciple me, and we did a year of discipleship.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, back then it was Skype. Yeah, it was Skype. Zoom wasn't a thing. Zoom yet.
1: wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Did you finish discipleship while you were away?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you were discipled, then you showed up.
1: I was discipled in 2011. I didn't come back to Kansas City till 16.
0: Oh wow. Yeah.
1: So I did D two online as well. Goodness. Yeah.
0: That's hardcore. Yeah, so much has changed about discipleship and all that stuff now, just in Mm -hmm. terms of how we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, When you moved back to KC, you got plugged in. You started discipling yourself, even being a part of discipleship. So anyway, God God has done a lot in your life. When he brought Mm -hmm. you back to KC, he got you involved in ministry and just got you plugged in. It seems like you've been with us for way longer than what you're describing. You know, I it feels know, like of, it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now you're an LFBI. Yeah. Growing, learning. What classes are you taking right now?
1: Right now I'm doing the apologetics class and OT, Old okay. Testament too. Old Testament
0: too. Yeah. Why is LFBI important to you? And then we'll let that segue mm-hmm. into what God's doing in your life right now mm-hmm. with Vietnam.
1: Yeah. One of the things that was clear for me when... I was still in Shanghai is that, um, I needed to get established into a local church ministry and engage in ministry that way. I was in a church and I had a home church in Shanghai. Um, but just different doctrinal, biblical Mm -hmm. understandings and perspectives, um, was really the catalyst for me coming back. Um, and God kind of confirmed that, um, through the word and, and just getting counsel. Um, and so going into LFBI was really helpful in me learning how to be established in the word and be established in local ministry and recognizing the importance of God using you with everybody. Like it's not just you by yourself. Mm. And um for me, um, taking these classes, it, it it's teaching me the Bible, yes, and um, I can take these things practically, right, as I'm ministering or as I'm sharing the gospel with people. but it really has, for me, the special thing about LFBI for me is that it complements my quiet time with mm. the Lord. Mm. And a lot of what I hear about in my classes, it are just echoes of what God is talking to me at the moment mm. um, in my own reading time. And so the classes are a lot more real for me in that sense. I don't yeah. know if real is the right word to use.
0: Yeah, but, it makes sense. It feels personal. Yeah. Yeah, to, um, be, to be in God's word, it's speaking to you, it's, it's pushing you, it's, it's challenging you. But then to, to go in and then hear the pastors and professors saying, yeah. saying the same thing, yeah. it's aligning you know, and pushing you with just greater and greater yeah, conviction.
1: So I could look at like, yeah, I'm taking classes, but I can look at each class and pinpoint like the stake that was wow. laid. Yeah. And the moment where I'm like, oh yeah, God, okay.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. God's using it to prepare you for a work mm-hmm. that's that's unique. You're yeah. going to be a missionary on the field, a church planter. Yeah. Is it surreal?
1: Yes, yeah. Very, very surreal.
0: Are you excited though? Yeah.
1: I'm, um, yes, I am excited. Um, it's nerve wracking, but at the same time, like if God is doing the work, then that kind of forces me to just throw away the nerves and yeah. say, okay, let's. Dig in.
0: The whole team is comprised of either LFBI graduates or people who are in LFBI, the whole team that's going out there. Mm-hmm. And even the, some folks on the ground are starting to take LFBI classes from Vietnam, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like, yeah. But God is using you to be an example to LFBI students of what the objective is, mm-hmm. right? We want to train up a generation of leaders and missionaries to go and to do this, exactly this kind of work. And so it's wonderful to hear from someone who is an LFBI student who's saying, I'm doing it. Yeah. You, you can do it too, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. What would, you say, what would you say to that kind of student?
1: I would say trust the process of um, being humble and being willing to um, humble your heart before God's word and not presume anything about your life. Mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people, they, they feel like their past or their history kind of defines them or limits what they think they're able to do. And God wants to use that. There's so much about my life that we didn't even talk about mm. um, that God has taken and that I thought was that made me unusable. I don't know, unlovable, you name it. But he's taken those things that... I used to define myself and flip them and said, no, I'm going to get the glory out of, I'm going to get the glory out of it. Yeah.
0: That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the people need to hear that. And that's why we want, we wanted you to tell your story. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out. Okay. (laughs) And we want to thank you too for hanging out with Jessica and I shooting the breeze, chatting, talking about life um and that's what we want this show to be about is just to give you an opportunity to get a glimpse into other people's life uh so that you can um you can be uh encouraged and strengthened and and so I know that there's probably people listening that are like well I you know I don't know what God wants to do with me uh missions I think about missions seems seems like a big deal to God um when I've been on missions trips or when I've watched other people go on missions trips it's it's you know, I, I see it and I kind of want it. I'm intrigued by it. Uh, pray, pray, pray and get trained, be discipled, grow in your faith and watch and wait. Uh, God will show you. And some of you will become missionaries and some of you will go to foreign fields and, and God will send you to go do a work that you could never have imagined. Um, and, uh, and God will literally show you something and, and teach you something. And you'll look back on your life and you'll say, I, I never would have saw that coming. Please be encouraged by today's episode. Uh, we love you. If you're interested in taking classes in LFBI, visit lfbi.org. Uh, check out what we're offering. Check out our program of study. If you've got questions, you can always reach out to us. We'd be glad to answer any of those questions. But we love you. We can't wait to see you uh, on the next episode of The Postscript. And God bless.